0: This, um, Mike and I were talking about our understanding of living a life of freedom, about understanding the fullness of Christ, and about how we settle for second best, that we allow areas of defeat in our life to take hold of us, so that we don't have that fullness of Christ, that we don't have that freedom in Christ. And so on Monday morning when, uh, or afternoon when this email came through and Mark said, would you like to share? Well, I had to chuckle. Actually, that's a lie. I didn't chuckle. I had a conniption. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and I had a conniption because I realised God's amazing ability to nail us. Because if there's one area in my life that I have defeat that I don't have victory it's this one standing up here it's standing up in front of a larger group of people and sharing you know I've done many many things in my life Um, I've uh, led many groups many women's groups many mixed groups and when I was teaching CRE I was teaching around about 500 children in the city of Casey a week And I've been involved with impact ministries for a number of years and I've done all sorts of things with them. And my most effective is actually if I walk one by one with people, I shepherd people, and that's really where I am most effective. I don't have an issue opening my mouth, as you probably know. I don't have an issue talking, but standing up here, I have fear. I have a fear of what you're going to think of me. I have a fear of my inadequacies and I have a fear of how you perceive me so he nailed me and I know and I knew you know that very there's, there's very people we were talking about on Sunday that, that was me we were talking about me and it made me realise you know I don't want to live like that I don't want to live where I have to be held hostage And I don't want to live where I'm just settling for those crumbs and I'm not eating off the banquet table. If I don't have freedom in Christ, what's the value of my faith? I want a life of victory. I want a life of fullness. And so today I'm standing here and I'm choosing to take back what Satan's taken from me. I want to claim back the areas which I have no victory in. I'm not very technical. Ephesians three fourteen to 19 says, For this reason I bow my knees to the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the sense what is the width, what is the length and depth and height, and to know that the love of Christ surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with the fullness of God. If it wasn't possible to be filled with the fullness of God, why would Paul have said it was? We can know him and we can have him to the full. And that word fullness comes from the Greek word pleroma, or however you actually say it. And that means maximum load. That means to make complete that which is incomplete. And if it was to be depicted, you would think of it as a vessel being filled up right to the point of it being overflowing. That's the fullness. So what's the passage telling us? That he would grant you, that's us, that's that's you and me, according to the riches of his glory... To be strengthened through might, through his spirit, in the inner man. And then it moves on to the next point. It's that. That Christ may dwell in you. So if we strengthen the inner man, it says that Christ may dwell in you. It doesn't say he might. It it says that he will. that Christ may dwell in us. The inner man, the inner man, the strengthening of an inner man is yielding to the Holy Spirit. When we yield to the Holy Spirit, then Christ will dwell in us through faith. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love... May know what may know what is the width, what is the length and the depth and the height, and to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that, and it gets that, that you may be filled, filled with the fullness of God. It's a progression. When you strengthen your inner man, when you yield to the Holy Spirit. What happens? Christ comes and dwells in us. We know his love, and through his love, we receive his fullness, the fullness in him. <coughs> and it's a progression, and it's an order. And you know what? It's a promise. There's a little book that many of you will know, and it's called My Heart, Christ's Home. And it allegorizes a person's heart to be in. That, like a home, and Jesus comes into that home. And so he first comes in and he comes to the library and he looks on the shelves. And what's on the library and what's on those shelves is what you're receiving. It's what you're opening yourselves up to. Well, he looks at all of those shelves and he takes everything down and he puts up there one thing, the Word of God. Because the library is our control room. And he puts back in place what we need to control ourselves. The word of God. So then he goes across to the dining room. What's the dining room? That's the room of our desires. That's what we hunger for. So I'd say, what are you hungering for? What's on your menu? What are your worldly desires so what he does then is he takes everything out and he puts in a new menu and this menu is a food that satisfies this food is the will of the father so the library's cleaned up and the word's up there your control room's fixed up the dining room the menu's changed so what you're hungering for is the will of god he then goes across to the living room. That's the, the place of fellowship and uh, community and communion. And And he sees who comes in and out of our lives. And he also sees what we do with our time in our lives. And he sits there and he waits and he's, 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 he's watching what's going on. And he's waiting there. He's waiting to talk with you, to commune with you, to love you, to encourage you. And maybe even discourage you from doing some things. But you know what? You never even went and said hello. You sat there for a whole day. Did you go and say hello? Did you go and say, is this a good idea? Did you go and say, walk with me? The living room is a place of fellowship. But we have to have the right kind. We have to be purposeful with our time, how we use it and where we spend it. 15 years ago, if you had have said that a great majority of us would spend an awful lot of time looking at a little screen with a particular app on it that tells you all about what people are thinking, what they're eating, what they're wearing, where they're going, that wonderful app called Facebook that chews up hours of our time, useless activities... We need to be aware of what we're doing with our time. And what about the the activity when you go into a restaurant or you go down the mall and you see this this family and you think, oh, wonderful, they're out there. They're all sharing, they're communing. And there they are, sat, glued, each one of them to their screens. (laughs) Useless activities that are detracting from our lives. Well, then he walks into the workshop And he sees in there the most incredible tools. You could do anything with these tools. And this workbench that is is, is fit for the best Formula One place. And he looks what's been made from these tools in this workshop and what does he see? Useless toys. I've given you tools. I've given you gifts. I've given you abilities. And you're creating useless toys? So he rearranges the workshop and he rearranges it so that you use your gifts and your tools for his purposes. So we've got the library fixed up. We've got the book, the word of God on the shelf in our control room. What do we have to do? We then have to yield to the will of God and we have the menu in our dining room fixed up so that we can desire the right things, that we can want to hunger for what? God's purpose in our life. And then we go into the living room and he's he's rearranged the living room so that we are aware of what we do with our time and that we make him part of our time and part of our life. And the workshop, he's fixed up the workshop so that we use our gifts and our abilities intentionally and purposefully for his purpose. So this is all good. This is all wonderful. But what happens? What happens when stuff gets messy? You can spend a day cleaning your house, as you all know, and you can vacuum and you can clean and you can dust and, and it's looking absolutely schmick. And then home time comes and everybody comes in. And then there's bags on the floor and there's papers on the bench and there's keys on the bench. And you've just vacuumed and there's mud. And then if it's our house, the dog comes in, the cat comes in, there's cat fur, there's dog fur, there's ash from the wood fire, there's coals, there's... And you've just cleaned it up. What about that, you know, that little pile of stuff that you've got? You don't actually know what to do with so so you, you put it sort of in the corner and you just put something on it and then... Oh, you've got something else and you just put something on it. And so you you create this little pile of stuff that accumulates. You never put it away because you don't get around to it. But over time, you don't even notice that it's there. You're meant to put them away, but how long are we going to leave them there, unnoticed, getting bigger and bigger? But... If we learn to clean up as we go along, and every mother would say this, and I'm an absolute failure with my (coughs) 22 and 19-year-old, but if we teach them that if you learn to clean up as you go along, the job isn't as big. You don't have to start right from the word go. There's only a portion of it you need to do. It doesn't become overwhelming, and we don't look around and feel ashamed and and guilty of the stuff in our lives that we haven't dealt with, we haven't put away. And if you look at it in a literal sense, well, for the women, I don't know so much about the men. I mean, Brett, I don't think he could really care. People come over, that's, they come over. But I care. I care that you don't see all my muck. And so like, you, you don't really like to invite people over in place places, monkey. How many people do you let into your life because you don't want them to see your mug. And that's what happens when we let things become acceptable, when we let those piles of rubbish just accumulate in the corner. And then slowly and slowly, those piles and that rubbish takes back bit by bit areas that you had control of in your life. But you know what? It doesn't matter that the stuff's there. It's how clean you clean it up and how thorough you're prepared to be when you clean. So where's the victory? Where's this this freedom in Christ and this peace? If you know that the library should have the Word of God in it, if you know that that should have prominent place in your control room, in your way of thinking, put the blooming thing back up there then, if you know about it. I mean, is it even in the room? Have you just shoved it on the floor? Is it on the table? We all know this. Put it back up where it should be, that place of priority, that thinking. And what about the dining room? What have you done with the menu? Are you hungering for the will of God? Or are you simply accepting quick-fix energy drinks that give you a buzz for a limited amount of time? Eating foods that don't sustain us, nourish us or satisfy us. You know what? Go back for looking for the food that you need. Hunger for the will of God. And what about the living room? What are we doing Are we we using our time wisely? Are we communing with who we need to be communing with? Are we inviting Christ into our life daily, hourly, every minute? And the workshop. If you know that the workshop is filled with gifts and tools, have a look at what you're producing with them. Because if you're not producing God's purpose then maybe you just need to rearrange your workshop. So that's great. We've got everything sorted. It's all done. So I'll create the stack again, hanging around Ken Raymond too long. <laughs> so we've got our clean living room, uh, clean library. We've got our dining room sorted. We've got our living room done. We've got our workshop done. And Jesus is finished and suddenly, <laughs> no, there's a rancid smell coming from somewhere. Oh, my goodness. Somebody hasn't cleaned. And there's a cupboard underneath the stairs. And it stinks. And he begins to go in there. And you go, hang on a minute. I've given you everything else. You've had my library. You've had my dining room. You've had my living room. You've had my workshop. And you want it? No, 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 no. Come on. Come on, that's mine. It's my life. That's mine. You can have everywhere else. And that's the truth of it, isn't it? We're quite prepared to let God in the rooms that will let him in. But what about the stuff that you don't want him to see? Because when you let him in there and when he cleans it out, you no longer have a stink. If your house that you live in today needs cleaning regularly, why well, on earth makes you think that your spiritual house doesn't need cleaning regularly? When it comes to strengthening the inner man, we need to yield. We need to make the Holy Spirit part of our moment-by-moment living. And, and the truth is, when we do that, Christ comes and lives in us. And when we do that, we know his indescribable love. And knowing that means we have his infinite fullness, his goodness in our lives. I know that's a choice that all of us want, that we want to live a life full of victory, that we want to live a life full of his victory, his will. We want a hunger for his appetites. And so as we begin to yield, and that's what it is, it's yielding. It's yielding to making those decisions in the library. It's yielding to making those decisions in the living room. It's yielding to making those decisions in the workshop. And when we do, when we do, we have this, we have this overflowing love of God. And what does it do? It bubbles and it fills and it keeps filling. And if this is what you want, if this is the fullness, if this is the effect of God in your life, it just doesn't bubble anywhere. It bubbles right through your life. It bubbles and it bubbles. But you don't get that unless you're going to yield, unless you're going to give up. We have a responsibility. We can't just come and accept it all. We have a responsibility. If you have areas in your life you don't have victory in, yield. And you heard Michelle say today, she's had areas in her life that she's had difficulty in. And that's not been an easy process, but it's a process where she's yielded. And as she's yielded, she's begun to accept the victory. She's begun to accept and reclaim part of that life that God wants and that Satan had control of. It's not easy to, to maintain the cleanliness of your house. And one of the examples was doing the Freedom in Christ course because it's that maintaining and that ongoing and that strengthening and that walking. It's all good in the beginning, but it does fade And so you need to purposefully choose to find something that's going to help you keep and maintain those things. And for some people, it is doing courses. Other people, it's being accountable. Others, it's mentoring. Or you you go to courses like the Growing to Maturity courses. They teach you the freedom and they teach you how to yield and they teach you how to walk. And they teach you how to have the victory. Today there, um, there may be in a few, few areas of your life that you need to yield. But if I said to you today, would you be prepared to yield just one thing so that your inner man is strengthened, so that you have more indwelling of Christ, you understand his love and you start feeling the fullness of of him in your life? Would you do it? Would you begin to clean up your house? In a moment, I'm going to pray. And I'm going to ask God if he would show you just one area of your life that you, would you be willing to give it up? Would you be willing to hand it back? so you can start gaining back areas, so that you can start living in that fullness that comes from yielding. If you come forward, give it over to God. Let someone pray with you. And then let's start walking and making decisions on a day by day moment-by-moment moment choice, to live in the fullness that is ours because we're prepared to strengthen our inner man. Father God, we just thank you. We thank you that your, your promises and your words say that when we strengthen our inner man, That when we acknowledge your presence in our life, and that we yield to your Holy Spirit, that you will dwell in us, that we will know your love, and in that we will start living in the fullness of your promises. So, Father, I just pray today that you would shine a light on one area of each of our lives. That we would be prepared to step forward and yield to you in order that we may know you more and that we may live a life of fullness in you. Thank you, Lord. If you feel you'd like to come up and yield just one thing, then feel free to come up and someone will pray with you.